This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Olu George Ministries presents Focus on Freedom Podcast. We're covering the face of the earth with the knowledge of the glory of God. Welcome to an encounter with timeless, transcendent, and triumphant truth. Here's your brother, friend, and messenger, Alu M. George. We concluded our study last week on Jesus, the healer, the mender, the renovator, and the renewer of spirit, soul, and body. Jesus, the savior of the spirit. Jesus, the savior of the soul. Jesus is the savior of the body. How does Jesus heal the spirit? By delivering the spirit from the power and the seed and the DNA of the devil, which we call sin. He delivers the mind from mental maladies. Mental maladies like gender dysphoria, when a seven-foot-tall man believes he's a dainty little woman and wants us to believe that he's a woman, even though he has a thick beard and hairy chest and big muscles and bones and extraordinary strength compared to a regular woman, but he believes in his heart he's a woman. That's a mental condition. That's not derogatory, that's truth. Jesus is the savior of the soul, the savior of the mind, the savior of the emotions. The church has limited Jesus to the savior of the spirit alone. What a disgrace. What a disservice. What a tragedy. That men and women, boys and girls, could have gone through life healed in their spirit healed in their soul, and healed in their bodies. But they've been told all of that will only happen in heaven. Oh, I make no light of heaven. It's a place I'm, I'm eager to go. Oh, I'm eager to go to heaven. I'm not afraid to go to heaven at all. But we have an assignment on earth. That's the only thing. And we have family that probably will be hurt. Oh, outside of that, I will go to heaven tonight with all pleasure. But he wants us to have days of heaven on earth. That's the plan. I said it in previous teachings. The will of God is hardly ever done on earth. Which is why if you look at my testimony or your experience to determine the will of God, you'll be missing out a lot. Because the will of God is hardly ever done in the earth as heaven foresaw it, as heaven dreamt it, as heaven intended it. Hence, the Lord taught us to pray, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We must pray for his will to be done. We must find out his will and then enforce it by faith and by prayer. Otherwise, his will will never be done. It is the will of God for every sinner to be saved on earth. But is every sinner saved? No. Will every sinner be saved? No. 
According to Paul in 1 Timothy, he wishes that all men be saved. So he says to us, pray for all men, for those in authority, for rulers, for kings, for pray for all men, because he wants all men to be saved. That's his will. It's not going to happen because he gave us free will. He gave us the right to choose hell. He gave us the right to choose Satan. He gave us the power to choose self over him. So, Satan is the author of sickness and disease. Because there was no sickness in the garden, there will be no sickness in the new city. But the strength of sickness is sin. The Jews asked Jesus, a man that was born blind, John chapter 9, who sinned? Jesus said, you're asking the wrong question. It's not this individual sin, even though individual sin can bring sickness. Proverbs 29 verse 1, he that is often corrected and reproved and refuses to hearken and take correction will suddenly be destroyed and without remedy. So if you are living a dangerous life, if you are living in sexual promiscuity, for example, you open yourself up to sexually transmitted diseases. If you are living in unforgiveness and envy and jealousy, you open yourself up to arthritis, high blood pressure. Now, it doesn't mean every arthritis is because someone's living in jealousy and unforgiveness. But jealousy and unforgiveness dry up the bones. Sorrow. Living in sorrow. Not knowing how to tap into the joy of the Lord. Because we can go through fire joyful. We can go through storms joyful. Not happy, joyful. If we don't know how to tap into joy and to experience joy and to be surprised by joy, it can cause sicknesses. You know, a high variety of sicknesses are called psychosomatic sicknesses. That means sicknesses that reflect in the soma body that spring from the psyche soul. So a way of thinking can cause sickness and disease. Toxic emotions can cause sickness and disease. Unmanaged stress can cause sickness and disease. And if you are stressed out right now, let me just recommend my book, Stressless Live Fool. Jesus actually never taught us to manage stress. He taught us to live above it. Come to me, all ye that labor, and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So sin, individual personal sin, can result in sickness, but every sickness is not the result or the consequence of personal sin. For example, if you ply your body with highly synthetic food, dead food, fast food, cheap food, highly processed, highly processed sugars, I need grace to give up sugar. But if you ply yourself with white, highly processed sugar, white bread and, and starch, and you just ply yourself with alcohol, you're playing with liver cirrhosis. That's a sin against the body. This body was not designed to process so many chemicals and so many synthetic compounds. The best food to eat is food that is living, food that is alive. Not food refrigerated for 10 years. 
You know, the average juice we buy in the store have been in storage for years before they are brought. Even juices are not that healthy, packed with sugar. So to continue to feed our bodies chemicals, it was neither designed nor equipped to process and to digest and to excrete properly is sinning against the body. To continue to deprive the body of adequate rest and adequate sleep, I have to sleep because I don't get to sleep. I have to make efforts to sleep. To continue to exist on two, three, four hours of sleep every night is asking for trouble. Paul was speaking about Epaphroditus in Philippians 2. He said he was sick and near unto death. And God spared me of many, many sorrows. You, you, you ask, you are, I'm sure your, your reaction is, but Paul was a powerful man of God. How come his associate was sick, terminally sick? But then there was a divine intervention. Paul says, and God had mercy on him. And then if you read further, you will see the reason. He said, in his zeal to take care of me, he ignored himself. He ignored his need for good diet, for rest, for exercise. He ignored his, himself by loading and overloading himself with pharmaceuticals. There's such a thing as too much pharmaceuticals. You know, our medical hierarchy just wants us to buy pharmaceuticals. They just want us to buy pharmaceuticals. For many, many years, doctors were not even trained in nutrition. In medical school, they're just trained to prescribe. So you have a condition, prescription. That prescription gives you some problems. Another prescription. Before you know it, you are taking prescription every hour. That's what they want. That's how they make all the billions. So sin is not a spiritual, religious word. Sin means doing something against the design. Sex, for example, is intended for the marriage bed. Sex is to be protected by the covenant, the eternal covenant of one, one, one flesh. When you take that sex and you do it with someone with whom you have no one flesh relationship, if it's your own child, it's called incest or your own family member. If it's with somebody else who is married to somebody else, it's called adultery. If you are both unmarried, it's called fornication. If you do it with someone who is not unwilling or even able, it's called rape. So doing something outside of what and how it was designed to be done. You feed your body. Chocolates. Morning, noon, night. That's against how your body was designed for nutrition. That's why highly, morbidly obese people, they eat 20 hamburgers in one day and they're still hungry because the body is not getting the nutrients it needs. So the body is signaling, feed me more. I need iron. I need zinc. I need iodine. I'm not getting that from this junk you're eating. So that those who want to work in divine health cannot be careless about their personal holiness. Jesus said to the man that was healed by the pool of Bethesda, Go and sin no more. He said to the woman that was caught in adultery and was about to be stoned, I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. There must be a connection between sickness and sin. 
There has to be. I remember when Miriam, the older sister of Moses, began to criticize Moses harshly over his marriage to a Cushite, what many scholars believe to be a woman of color or a black woman. Miriam and Aaron were not impressed that Moses has found himself this colored girl or this black girl. And they criticized him viciously for it. What happened? Miriam became leprous like she's covered in snow. And Moses, being a man of God, went to God to intercede for Miriam and pled for God's mercy. God said to Moses, I will heal Miriam, but he ha- she has to endure this for seven days. And God said to Moses, if, if she had insulted her father and her father cursed her, would she not bear the consequence? She needs to be out there for seven days before I bring her in. In Numbers chapter 11, we see another connection between sickness and disease. And when the people complained, it displeased the Lord and the Lord heard it and his anger was kindled and the fire of God burned amongst them and consumed them that were in the uttermost part of the earth. And the people cried to Moses and when Moses prayed, the fire was quenched. So when they grumbled and complained and murmured against God, because they didn't have garlic and onions and melons to eat. All they had was this manna. What happened? The fire of God burned among them. There was an occasion, I believe it was, let's, let's look at number 16. When Korah, the son of Ezer, son of Kohath, son of Levi, and Datham and Abiram, they rose up against Moses to complain against Moses. The long, short of, long and short of the story is that the ground opened up and swallowed them up. When they grumbled against the Lord in the wilderness, God sent a plague in their midst. What is a plague? A plague is a highly contagious disease. They grumbled against God and a plague broke out. Medical science cannot make that connection. Grumbling against God is dangerous. Murmuring against God is dangerous. Discontent toward God is dangerous. And I remember that Moses shouted to Aaron, Take the censer, go into the midst of these people and make atonement for them right now. Because if you don't, the whole congregation will be dead. And Aaron ran, ran into the congregation, stood between the dead and the living. And where Aaron was, as he offered the atonement to take away the sin of the people, the plague stopped. The plague stopped right there. In fact, let's read it in Numbers chapter 14. Let me just read it to you. Numbers sixteen forty-one. But on the morrow, I'm reading the King James Version, 
all the congregation of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, saying, You have killed the people of the Lord. Now, I said this earlier. They were murmuring because uh, Nadab, Abiram, Korah, Dethan, Nadab, and Abiram were swallowed up by the earth. Moses, when they began to grumble against Moses, Moses said to the congregation, If these people die a natural death, God did not call me. And then the earth opened up and swallowed 250 of them. And rather than the children of Israel to be afraid of God, they grumbled against Moses and accused Moses of genocide. Just like some people are ignorantly accusing Jews of genocide right now against Palestinians. It's an, a long battle dispute between the Jews and the sons of the strong woman. It's a spiritual battle. There's no political solution to it. It's a religious battle. But they grumbled against Moses. They saw the judgment of God. How could Moses make the earth open up to swallow 250 people with their houses, their tents, their children, their possessions? How could a man in the Old Testament do that? That did not bring the fear of God to these people. It made them even more belligerent. So what happened? Verse 42, And it came to pass, when the congregation was gathered against Moses and against Aaron, that they looked toward the tabernacle of the congregation, and behold, the cloud covered it, and the glory of God appeared. You know, the glory of God does not always appear just to bless. Sometimes the glory of God appears to judge. When the glory of God fell on the early church, lying to the apostles by Ananias and Sapphira, ended their lives. When the glory of God fell, when the power of God came upon Elisha, his servant Gehazi, lying and working in greed and covetousness, landed him as a leper who passed a legacy of leprosy to his own family, to his, his generations. They came, they gathered against Moses and Aaron. They were grumbling against Moses and Aaron when in actuality they were grumbling against God. God took it personal. We must be careful about criticizing real, genuine servants of God. And I choose my words carefully because there are so many who are not servants of God. There are so many charlatans, so many comedians, so many fraudsters calling themselves prophets and apostles. And they deserve no respect. They deserve nothing but pity. They deserve nothing but prayer and intercession. And some of them deserve to be exposed as the frauds and the con men that they are. But genuine, humble, sincere men of God who are still men and so make mistakes. It is important to be careful how you criticize or how you oppose, how you fight them. Not that they are beyond uh, uh, errors or beyond reproach. Not that they are beyond correction. But be careful that in your zeal to correct you don't oppose, antagonize, and set yourself against the Lord. These people thought they were, they were fighting against Moses, but God took it personal. Verse 43 of Numbers 16, And Moses and Aaron came before the tabernacle of the congregation. And the Lord, verse 44, spoke unto Moses, saying, Get you up from among this congregation, that I may consume them in a moment. Thank God for Moses and Aaron. 
They didn't stand there wishing for the children of Israel to be consumed. They fell upon their faces. They fell and pled for mercy. Thank God for spiritually mature men that when they are attacked, when they are confronted, they don't wish God's judgment on people. All willy-nilly. Some people need to be handed over to Satan for the destruction of their flesh, for their soul to be saved. But genuine men of God don't go around cursing people who disagree with them. And they don't delight in God's judgment falling on people. And Moses, verse 46, said to Aaron, Take a censer, put a fire therein from off the altar, put incense, and go quickly into the congregation. And make atonement for them, for there is wrath gone out from the Lord, and the plague is begun. And Aaron took as Moses commanded, and ran into the midst of the congregation, and behold, the plague had begun among the people. And he put on incense, and made an atonement for the people, and he stood between the dead and the living, and the plague was stayed. The plague ceased. Now they that died in the plague were 14,700, beside those who died in the matter of Korah. And Aaron returned unto Moses, unto the door of a tabernacle of the congregation, and the plague was stayed. How come? People grumbled against men. Plagues broke out. The same men offered a sacrifice to turn God's wrath away and bring God's mercy, and the plague ceased. Medical science cannot do that. In the Old Testament, when a man has recovered from leprosy or some other contagious diseases, he has to make sacrifices. He has to give offerings. He must go to the priest who will declare him clean and offer certain sacrifices for him. What? There must be a connection between atonement and sickness. When a heathen king took Sarah to wife because Abraham had lied that Sarah was his sister, God, according to Genesis, shut the womb of all his wives. And when God came to that king and said, hey, you have taken, I think it's Genesis 20 or 21, you have taken the wife of a prophet, release this wife back to him and let him pray for you so that I can set your Open the wombs of your wives and your family members. When man sins, sickness comes. When sin is atoned for, the sickness goes away. Jesus told the man that was healed by the pool of Bethesda, Go and sin no more, lest a worse thing happens to you. Go and sin no more, lest a worse thing happen to you. I want you to receive grace today to enforce the righteousness of God that has been given to you. According to 2 Corinthians 5.21, he was made to be seen that knew no sin, that you may be the righteousness of God. 1 Corinthians 1.30, Jesus is made unto us sanctification, redemption, and righteousness. We don't struggle to be holy. We let the holiness of God work through us. We let the Holy Spirit and the scriptures produce holiness in us. We let the Holy Spirit and the scripture produce a hatred for sin, a disdain for sin. 
Lord, thank you because you saved us from sin. You saved us from sickness. Father, I pray for revelation and light to continue to come to your people that they may walk in divine health, that they may be agents of dispensing divine healing to their families, to their world, to their church. If you are listening to this and Jesus is not your Lord and Savior, you don't have an encounter and an experience with the saving Jesus. Don't miss this opportunity for today is your day of salvation. Fall on your knees, lift up your hands, say, Jesus, save me. Write my name in your book. Put your spirit in me. Make me a brand new person from the inside out. You will be saved. For those that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then you write to K-Pulpit and tell them that you're a brand new believer and they will send you materials to help you grow in your faith. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Focus on Freedom Podcast. For more information, please visit olugeorgeministries.global or send a WhatsApp inquiry to plus 27-81-300-6633. Also, like, subscribe and share our content on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube. See you next time. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.